I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. 25 and 7 on the year. They're there and so are the... The sound of our Syracuse Orange basketball team getting the news live that they'd be in the field of 68, avoiding the NIT for the second straight year. We'll see just how close it was after Davidson beat Rhode Island earlier in the day. We'll check in with the fan base in our fan feedback segment. An 11-seed Syracuse takes on 11-seed Arizona State for a play-in game in Dayton Wednesday, March 14th at 9:10. Let's go. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. We can't uh, tell you thanks enough for that. All right, Joe. What's up? Sunday was rough. Sunday yeah. was rough, wasn't it? Was it? A long, it was a long, long wait, wait. Till, to 6 o'clock. Uh, first, yeah. though, I want to express, and I'm sure I speak for you, how proud I am of this team for actually making the tournament. Um, they they scraped and clawed all year, and um, they took some hard losses, and they they got a couple surprise wins, a top twenty overall strength of schedule. Yeah. I mean, I just love this team. I love their heart. I love their fight. Um, but you know, and especially with uh, the the Davidson win in the Atlantic Ten Conference, I thought yeah. that, I thought that did us in. I really did, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. It did. Well, I mean, they definitely didn't make it easy for us, those other teams, with St. Mary's and Middle Tennessee State losing. Um, Middle Tennessee State probably would have been closer to the bubble if they would have lost maybe in their championship game or something like that. But they lost Southern Miss in their opening round. You know, Nevada losing, and we knew they were going to get in. They got in into the seventh seed, so they were definitely in. And then with Davidson, who's not a bad team, they're uh, playing pretty well right now. But them – them beating St. Bonaventure and then Rhode Island back-to-back days um, definitely stole a couple bubbles, and uh, I was definitely worried that it was going to be one of ours without a doubt. So yeah. glad it wasn't. And at that point, all I could think of, if if that did bump Syracuse out, who got in over us? Like, what argument was I prepared to make as far as, you know, all the things we talked about last episode with, with yeah. our numbers and our strength of schedule and everything like that? So – 
Um, I, I really feel like that. What do you think overall with the new quadrant system and being able to kind of look in and see how the sausage is made, so to speak, and get a better idea of what they're looking at? Now we know. Now we actually know what they what they want. Um, what's his name? Rasmussen. Yeah. Was on. There was a video of him, and he was talking about away wins and strength of schedule were were two big components, and we we knew that from yeah. previous years, but right. Um, he he tended to stress it there in the in the quad wins obviously, so how, overall how do you think it it fared? Your faith went, your faith in the in the in the quad system and everything altogether. I don't think it. I think all it really did, to be perfectly honest with you, is probably just make it easier to kind of see where the wins came from. Uh, definitely gave him something to go off of without a doubt, but. O- overall, they still looked a lot at what they always talk about. They yeah, always talk yeah. about non-conference strength of schedule and strength of schedule and, um, you know, RPI. They always talk about stuff like that. They always talk about road wins. Um, so, again, a lot of the time, a lot of the things that we've been left out in the past about, you know, that they say about us, um, we didn't have any of that this year. So it wasn't wasn't pretty you know it wasn't anything spectacular it didn't stand out it's just we weren't bad in any places and we just matched up and compared very well to these other bubble teams that's why that's why we got in we got in strength schedule rpi just numbers basically no bad losses uh road wins good strength schedule that's why we got in these other teams you know they had some non-conference situations and issues and even looking at uh arizona state um, looking at their their resume, I would say that you know I, I would put us ahead of them. But either way, it's only one spot, and we're playing them. So, and even um, you know, being Syracuse was the basically the last team in. Yeah. Um, and we, we through the Davidson win, Notre Dame was bumped out. And um, even even though I mean Notre Dame went on a run, Notre Dame has a good shot at, at the NIT. I think <laughs> if they care about it. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. But that's the thing. But and Bonzi Colson's a senior. So do you think he really, I mean, yeah, he probably not, doesn't care. Not going to be much. that motivated. To, well, so is Farrell. Yeah. Farrell's a senior too. So anyway, but when you look at their numbers though, compared to ours, we get, we have to get in over them. I mean, I know they beat us. I know they beat us. It's one game. It's one game. They beat us at home and that was a good win for them. Actually, it was probably a quad win for quad one win for them. Right. Right. Uh, well, at the end of the year, yeah, at the end of the year, it still was a quad one win. So that was a good win for them, no doubt. Their RPI, though, was still a 70, and their strength of schedule overall is uh, a 46. Yeah, um, and they had a worse loss than we did with their full team before Bonzi Colson got hurt. So, Right. So it was, it was close. Did anything surprise you, or was it once, once you really got to see it? I wasn't really surprised about much. To be honest with you, I was surprised that Syracuse. I like got the way it, that. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to think about it. Uh, I think that I always thought that they had the numbers to get in, and right. I just always thought that I, I just don't remember the last time, if ever, that a 20-win team has with a top 20 strength of schedule has gotten left out. And then you're talking about, you know, we're top 20 in in non-conference and in strength of schedule with a good RPI and, and all that. So. Uh, I just think that it would have been against everything that the committees looked at to to not have us in, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think it was one of those things that I talked about the last podcast, that as 
as the week went on, uh, as long as nothing crazy happened, I think that it, the more that people looked at it, the, the more that, uh, you know, Syracuse's resume compared to everybody, and, and it actually was a little bit better, so... Yeah, um, you know, and when did when did people stop rooting for a team that had overcome adversity in the entire year? You know, <laughs> I they mean, don't it, care. They they don't care. But um, I remember the same outrage was it two years ago um, when the same fools were doing the same thing, saying the same stuff when we made it as a ten seed, and then yeah. they we made it to the final floor and they still hated it. They weren't like, oh, well, it was justified. No, no, it was it was they just still hated it. And even though we made it there, it was, you know, pure luck. So we have... No, a lot of people don't like Jim Beheim. So I know, Syracuse I know, isn't really like either you love or hate type situation. I know. It's, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, so Joe Lenardi, he tweeted, uh, I think this was Saturday evening. Here's my thing with Syracuse. This year, unlike the past two years, <laughs> they're just not that good. And I think an honest fan would agree. Well, the bubble team... <laughs> every single bubble team is just like not that good. I yeah. mean, that's kind of the point. But it's a good thing that we don't go just off of they're not just that good and we actually go off of real stats and raw numbers. Right. Because I mean, you know, I mean what kind of thing what kind, he calls himself a bracketologist and that's how he goes. That's how he judged it. They're just not that good. That's why he kept them out. I mean he says it right here. I can understand. <laughs> Sometimes I mean it's it's Sometimes in the past, and uh, and including this year, we've had to play ugly to win. So if you're a fan of another team, I can see how it could be hard watching a Syracuse game. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I know that there is kind of, uh, I don't want to say like a bad hatred, but people just don't like Jim Beheim. So you you throw that all together, and it just, you know, it just doesn't look spectacular. But if you really look at the games and look at how we stayed in some of them and some of the games that we won – um, they definitely are deserving. And again, uh, you can't really just be biased or you can't just go by like what you think, you know, you just have to, I mean, you have to look at the numbers. It's really the only fair way to look at it. So like yeah, I said, it I mean, was, it wasn't spectacular. We weren't spectacular. We weren't flashy. We didn't jump off the page. It was we weren't exciting to watch, but at the end of the day, we did what we had to do. No, so. but like, I mean, every, every win was, was, um, there was there wasn't too many handily won games. Yeah, but losses too. I mean, exactly. Well, the, we we the the loss to Duke, the loss to UNC in the tournament, and the loss to UVA, uh, both times really. Those were our yeah. those were games where we really kind of got whooped. And in the the Wake Forest game, we got whooped in the Wake Forest game, the one we lost. Nah, it wasn't. We, we kind of did. I think it they, wasn't hit, as some, close, they but hit some they, shots late to kind of put it right, out. But, but I mean, it, it didn't come down to having a foul and, and things no. like that. So, I mean, but a lot but of we the talked games about did. it in the beginning of the year. When you play that many close games, you're not going to win them all. And when it comes down to it, you, we had, I mean, seven out of our 13 losses were to teams that were in the top 11 at the RPI. Yeah. Throw St. Bonaventure in there, and they were up there near the 30 mark. So, um, we didn't have bad losses, so we went and we did what we had to do, and we got some good wins. That Miami at Miami is a great win. So, well, I mean, um, Syracuse, uh, Syracuse.com was reporting. I think that I saw the uh, their non-conference. We said in the last episode their non-conference strength of or their non-conference RPI. I'm sorry, was a 14, 14th in the country in non-conference yeah. RPI, and they had the quality road wins, Miami and Louisville. 
And then um, four games against conference champions in Kansas, Buffalo, Iona, and Texas Southern. Yep. And um, we lost against Kansas out of those four. So, I mean, it's pretty good. I, I think the strength of schedule thing, uh, the non-conference strength of schedule thing, I would try to keep that, you know, decent. Yeah. You know, well, not for nothing, too. St. Bonaventure, they lost when they lost to Davidson in the A-10 semifinals. That was their first loss since January, and they made it in as an at-large from the A-10. So it's something they didn't do last year. So yeah, that's crazy. it's pretty impressive. And they're, yeah. I've watched them a bunch of times this year. They're definitely a good team. Yep. Uh, here's uh, everyone's favorite, Doug Gottlieb. Syracuse, <laughs> Syracuse being in versus OK State is just laughable. Getting extra credit for Buffalo Iona wins in non-conference. Cuse didn't beat top three opponent in their league. Three best wins were at Miami uh, versus Virginia Tech versus Clemson. Lost to Wake, BC, and Georgia Tech. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he, he's talking about, see, this is what's funny about this. This is what's funny about this. Because in 2007, uh, Gottlieb had said, committee appropriately did not include Syracuse. You have, to, you have to schedule people out of conference. Can't get in with low non-conference strength of schedule. In 2018, this was just the other day. How can Syracuse get in over Oklahoma State? Travesty. Com- committee screwed up. Cuse non-conference, by the way, this year was a 13, and Oklahoma State was 3-12. So, you know, he totally contradicts himself. I mean, you, you, these people, some of these people forget these tweets. are Unless you delete them, they're up there. They're going to stay up there, and you can find them just as easy as anything. So, anyway, <laughs> anything to say about Doug, Dougie? The hatred runs he's, deep. He's for always Dougie. been a Cuse hater, so. Yeah, but um, you know, I mean, I guess there's speculation that he was he wanted to play for Syracuse. I think his mom went to school at Syracuse, and he didn't get recruited by Syracuse. So, you know, there's speculation there, but. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a lot of bad losses, but they went 19 and 14, and again, like you said, I mean, they just they lost too many games. They just didn't have the numbers when it came down to it. And realistically, what they lose? Four, a, they won four of their last 15 or something like that? That was what Oklahoma. Was oh, and that was right. my point. That was going to be my point was that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, if anything, um, they should have. And honestly, I do think it's a, tra- a travesty that you look back and now Oklahoma State's a two seed in the NIT. So they weren't even one of the last four or first four out. So, and you can look at it as, I mean, looking at it, Oklahoma. I think there's other teams out there other than us. You know, I, I honestly think, to be perfectly honest with you, now that I mean, I know that we're in, but I think that we could have been a little bit higher. You know what I mean? I think we still could have been a playing game, but I still think that we had a better. I still don't know how Oklahoma got out of playing a playing game. So, True. yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, Dick Vitale was making that point. We talked about that earlier. Um, right. Talking about switching the two, basically, but. Yeah, well, he'd rather attack Syracuse than Oklahoma, another Big 12, because he's uh, Big 12 biased. So he'd right. rather keep as many Big 12 teams in as possible. So he's going to attack Syracuse. But the uh, people that know know any better know that the be- the better um, comparison is them and Oklahoma. So, All right, Jay Bill, this is the last one for these. Uh, Jay Billis brought up a point that you brought up to me. I went back and found it, and uh, I wanted to mention it on here because I think it's he's a smart dude, man. Yeah. I mean, this guy is, is thought out, and he's smart. 
An example why at-large selection decisions should be made last Sunday based upon regular season only. Alabama has multiple extra chances to boost its resume, while mid-majors like Middle Tennessee and St. Mary's can only hurt themselves. Conference tourneys should be about automatic bids only. Joe, I mean, what do you do? You, I mean, traditionally, you would say, no, no, you got to have the, the tournaments too. You got to have the tournaments too. But he makes a good point, though, because there are teams that can only hurt themselves. And in in you know the it, it's going to be mid majors mostly, and right. you have teams like like in Alabama and even like I mean Syracuse could have really helped themselves yeah. out too. Well, and you know what too, it's difficult too, especially with some of those other you know mid major and smaller schools. Is like you dominate a conference for so long and you just get you know what I mean. You're playing for one thing and it's like you do so well all year, but yet you still have to win these last however many. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. It's just difficult. So it is. It is. Um, all right. You, go ahead. Well, I, I was just I was just saying that it's just it's pretty. I, w- I would like that because there are some teams that don't really uh, even I would like to say and venture to say that there's, there's teams that really don't care if they win their conference tournament some years just based upon what situation they are in health and how their team is going. And they already know that they're going to be in. Um, sometimes a lot of teams just kind of overlook it because there's a bigger picture, but those are teams that already know that they're in. So I, I don't would, know. I would be, I would be interested to see, to see something like that happen. I would, I would, you'd know earlier the bracket would be pretty much set. You'd just be filling holes. It'd be kind of exciting. You ask me. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. all right. Any final thoughts? Syracuse making it in. I'm just happy as sh- you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, just I'm just happy, man. It's right. definitely just better to get in, bro. It's right. Better to get exactly, in. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, real quick, this will be the 33rd time in 42 years of coaching that Jim Beheim has taken Syracuse to the NCAA tournament, and this will be the first NCAA tournament appearance for every player on the Syracuse roster except Frank Howard. All right, Joe. Time for fan feedback. If you want to get in on some fan feedback, go to Cuse Nation or Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast and at Cuse Nation show on Twitter. Uh, Jeffrey says, Cuse has one of the best non-conference schedules with the highest win percentage with it. Plus, they have some good wins resumeed. It won't give them a decent seed or go far or have easy matchups, but they should make the dance. I would rather see them at this point head for the NIT, even if seeding a win, even if seeding a win chances alone, whatever that means. I'm just, re- I'm just <laughs> reading, I'm reading verbatim. Um, so basically, what he's saying though is that. He would rather have Syracuse be a high seed in the NIT than be a, a scrub seed play-in game for the NCAA tournament show. What, do you agree with that even a little bit? No, that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, Sorry. Charles, just Charles, Charles responded, uh, better, uh, never better to go to NIT over the NCAAs. That's exactly right, Charles. I agree. Right. No, I agree. Absolutely not. Um, Tim says, so many people said this season was over. But they're in, so all it's all good now. Back to being fans. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, you have this. You still have oh, the back deniers. To being fans? Yeah, yeah. Back to being fans instead of being uh, cynical haters. I uh, wonder how many fans just didn't even watch and just didn't find out until like the next day, or somebody texted them or social media. Well, we got our in-house hater, and he he was on it. So, um, uh, Tara Lee says, "Fantastic news! Congratulations." Some wonderful young men. Let's go, Orange. 
Glenda says, wow, lifelong Q's fan, but not sure about this. I will be cheering for Cincinnati. <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. You'll be cheering for Cincinnati. Okay. All right. Well, that's random. All right, but. Glenda. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Gwen, so thrilled for them. They deserve a shot. No player deserves to be on, on the tournament court more than Tyus Battle. Tyus, you know, he... He's awesome. I, you know how much I love Tyus. I don't know how much I've said this on the air, but I love that guy. I love his demeanor. I love his attitude when he does get going. He's like he's like a quiet. He's like stealthy, man. He's stealthy. Silent assassin. Yes, he is. And his reaction on that video of uh, them watching the selection show live, his yeah. his was the best, dude. Moyer's was good too. I was happy to see Moyer super excited. I really was. Yeah, I hope it lights a fire most, under them. Yeah, it's the most the, alive the most seen. energy I've seen from <laughs> Moyer in a while. No kidding. I guess it's I guess it's foot's okay. He's jumping around. Yeah, no enough. kidding. And by the way, Moyer, uh, our our buddy Beheim is seen in the back of that video. You and I we talked about that today. Yeah. So he and, was in um, there celebrating with him. So I guess it's not going to be tough for him to uh, to to get in next year and be friendly and. <laughs> Oh, come on. He's been around the program his whole life. Uh, I know, but he's hanging out in the locker room. I guess he probably did hang out in the locker room. Dude, he's I'm probably sure. been a ball boy forever. You're probably right. You're probably right. You know, going to practices and stuff. Um, no, just an FYI, too. I saw today, uh, I saw an article that um, Tyus Battles draft stock. He's gone up, I guess, to like 35th or something like that. Yeah, well, the last I saw was just outside, just outside of um, first-round pick. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on, like, Malachi Richardson. You know, it was the run in the NCAA tournament that really— Happens all the time, man. Yeah, so— If he comes out and he he shines and he's on the spotlight and they win two games, uh, Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, Brandon B., he's a—love he, the Brandon B. Love it. Yes, sir. He, he says, love it. Well-deserved. I keep thinking on paper there's no way we're not a tourney team. Yeah. Right there with you, bud. Yeah, that's what we were saying. There's no way we can't make it in, but, you know, there's so many little things that can happen that um, can spoil it. So, (laughs) at QSLove44 on Twitter says, the highlight of my night was hearing at Matthew Moyer 13's laughter. Let's go orange. Um, Yeah, we mentioned how, you know, the boy showed signs of life. <laughs> it was exciting. I was, I was that really that, I I enjoyed that too. Um, at Cuse twenty fifteen on Twitter says it's laughable when people say Syracuse doesn't have a good reason for their struggles this season, like they haven't been dealing with injuries and a player leaving. Yeah, and I mean you could go back to we've talked about this. We've probably beat it to death. In fact, you go back to t- losing Torian Thompson just a few weeks a month before the season started. So yeah. and then you know you got the injury with with Washington, but then Sadibi and Chukwu. Sadibi's having se- he's going to have surgery when the season's over, and Chukwu has tendonitis as well now. And we lost Geno Thorpe. Yeah, Geno Thorpe is gone. So yeah, at Q's fifteen, it's been a lot of adversity, and to be able to pull out the season yeah. that we've had, like I said, and I mean I I think I'm ready to claim that this is probably the Go best. Go ahead, say it. The best Jim Beheim coaching season. I mean, with it's, what it, we have, with what we have, it's excellent. And I mean, we we talked about at least like, at least top five. But he's always had well, yeah. Talent. But you've got the. I mean, he's got, got some talent, but he, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever had this 
can we be honest? We can we be honest? We got we, we got Tyus Battle as the star of this team. And although everybody does pitch in and and they've all all, including Howard for the Howard haters, even Howard has shown that he he belongs to be there. In yeah. my in my opinion. And I don't mm-hmm. like the Howard haters uh hating on Howard all the time, but uh, it happens. That's what happens when you when you're an athlete. Um, yeah. At Orange Fan 2013, the best the best is seeing Tyus's reaction, and that's how that's how we know him. Watching and waiting, then full on battle. And he's talking about the video we referenced previously. If mm-hmm. you haven't seen his reaction, it's the best. And there's two different angles of that. It's it's great. So um, yeah. I, well, I, how many times did you watch that video? I watched that video last night, probably like. I think my even my wife watched it like three times. So it was I'm not amazing. allowed to say, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it was it was definitely great. But at the same time, like I said, it's tough to when you think about. Yeah, I mean, like again, I talk about it all the time about thinking ahead and stuff. And you know that Tyus Battle just he wanted to make the tournament, and he I don't think he was gonna leave Syracuse without going to the uh, to going to the NCAA tournament. You know, so. It's just tough because now that's just one thing that's just not going to be on that list of why he might stay or go, you know, and that's just the selfish fan in me. So I definitely would rather make the tournament than try to get a player to stay, obviously. But I just know how good we're going to be if Spiff Battle stays. Yeah, so. I'd, rather, I'd rather make the tournament, too. But uh, if you can get both, I mean, hell. I just got a funny feeling, man. If he goes, just, if he this goes kind off of stuff like Malachi Richardson us, did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like we have a good we have good matchups. Obviously, you, for an 11 seed, it is what it is. But with with the, I think, with the recruiting class coming in, though, is that a trade off that you're okay with at the end of mm-hmm. the day? With the recruiting class and then the transfer Elijah Hughes, the transfer from Eastern uh, Carolina, East Carolina, I think it's definitely going to be a trade off. I think if everyone stays, then Bayham's going to have a tough time finding minutes. I will miss battle though. I really will. Oh, who won't? But it's the same thing with, you know, but everyone that's kind of came through the last however many years with Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson, Tyler Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, Deion Waiters. Yeah, exactly. You can go back almost a decade with these players that only stay two years and then they're gone. I know. Or one, so. Right. All right. It is what it is. Yep. Mark says, Cuse, young team hung in there all year, gained experience. Yeah, I mean, look at look at some of these guys like Frank Howard. You know, he'll be coming back. He's definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be a leader of the team. If Tyus stays, he's going to be, you know, integral part to the team next year, and um, yeah. it's going to be a big deal. Let's hope he stays, but we'll see what happens there with that. Yeah. Um, all right, big that's it. Fan feedback, like I said, uh, facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast on Facebook. Give us a thumbs up there and at Cuse Nation Show on Twitter. All right, dude. So this is it. This is it. We're going to Dayton. We get the late game on Wednesday, March 14th. So, Joe? Yes? Arizona State. I think they were – weren't they ranked at, like, in the top five at one or top ten sometime earlier in the no, season? No, at some point they were up to, like, three or something. They were yeah. in top five. Yeah. Well, they started off – they um they started off the season 12-0 and non-conference. So that's um, why they ended up – you know, going up there so much. So yeah, what happened to him? Uh, how'd they, how'd they I, you end know, up in I have no idea, game? man. Huh? How'd they end up in a playing game? Whew. I don't know. They ended up 20 and 11. So they ended up eight and 11 
in the um, in the Pac-12. Uh, they're not their overall numbers at the end: 66 RPI, uh, 74 strength of schedule, and 103 strength uh, non-conference strength of schedule. Um, they're just non-conference wins that basically got them their uh, first NCAA tournament appearance under their coach Bobby Cur- Bobby Hurley. Um, they beat Kansas, Xavier, Kansas State, Vanderbilt, and San Diego State um, in the non-conference, and that's what got them their bid. And again, uh, Bobby Hurley, I'm sure you've probably heard of him or remember him from the point guard back in the Duke days oh, yeah. with Christian Leitner. He um, actually got a job to Arizona State two years ago from Buffalo. He led uh, Buffalo to uh, an NCAA tournament bid, and they almost actually had an upset. And I think you actually still to this day see the residuals from his coaching because you saw what Buffalo had done this year. So um, this Arizona State team is – it's going to go one of two ways, bro, honestly. Okay. I read well, something today. Boy, they, what are they? You're I, making me nervous. Well, I read, <laughs> I read something uh, today that they compared them to – the closest team that, that uh, in the ACC they compared them to was NC State. Um, they're not a really, really tall team. They got a 6'8 uh, a uh, freshman, white, 6'10 uh, junior, and a 6'7 sophomore, Mickey Mitchell. Um, that's their biggest guys. So they do have a little bit of, of height, but nothing you know overly crazy. Uh, but they're definitely a guard-oriented team. They shoot a lot of three-pointers. They start three guards, two forwards. And the best one, and the one we have to worry about, uh, senior guard six at six one Trey Holder. He's averaging uh, 18.5 points a game, shoots about 37% from three-point. Um, and their other senior six one guard, Shannon Evans, who averages about Sixteen and a half points, and he also shoots thirty-seven percent from the line, and he actually shoots about sixty, sixty-five to seventy percent of his shots are from the three-point line. Jeez. So, what is he from three? Yeah. What's that? What is he from three? Thirty-seven percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they're freshman white. Um, he's he averages almost eleven points and, and seven rebounds, and again, they got a, a couple other guys. Uh, a six-five senior. Um, Justice, he starts as well. So, and then another guy, a freshman six foot guard, Remy Martin, believe it or not, is his name. And um, so they, they they go seven deep in the uh, Pac 12 tournament. Uh, they were averaging about seven guys, averaging, you know, 16 to 18 minutes at least a game. Uh, so they do play fast and, and they sub out a lot. And that's kind of was Bobby Hurley's MO. He plays more guard oriented, you know, kind of up in your face and, you know, uh, fast paced. So it's, um, it's definitely scary because again, I, th- I believe they beat Kansas actually at Kansas. So yeah. the, uh, the stats with Ken Palm though is uh-huh. they have, he has them as like 124th defense and the 17th offense. What? Yeah. So, and that's Trey Holder guard. He 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 can go off. He's been he's been pretty consistent for a couple years now. So, and again, like I said, it's their first NCAA tournament appearance under Bobby Hurley. So these guys are excited. They got a video out there too, where I think they might have been at Bobby Hurley's house. I'm not sure the coach's house, but there's a a video and they all kind of celebrated and they all ran out and jumped in the pool with their clothes on and. She, it was kind of cool. So uh, they're definitely going to be pumped to play, too. So they're going to show up. Um, 
and they're a dangerous team. So yeah, it's they, like I said, yeah. it's one of those things where we got to play our game. 124th defensive wise, I think our guards are definitely going to. I think we'll be able to. You know, our guards are going to have size on them. They have a one six five shooting guard who's probably going to have to to uh, to play somebody bigger. But the other guards are six one, so we're going to have. Uh, a height advantage with the guards. I think our guards aren't going to have problems taking some shots over them. And we're usually pretty good, uh, again, on the offensive rebounding. And a couple of these guys just look a little bit, I mean, sophomore and a freshman at 6'7 and 6'8. I can't imagine their crazy physical presences. So maybe we can get on the boards as well. Um, again, that's what kind of makes me a little... Yeah, it's a, always, a little bit easier, you it, know what I mean? It's always hit or miss. It's why with this team it is so hard to kind of, you know, kind of predict anything. So, I mean, we know what they have to do. Obviously, they got to tighten up their defense. because Got to guard the three-point line. Got to guard the three-point line and then... Bottom line, make the big guys down low beat you. I don't think those guys are really the talent of the team. So, right. they're not used to scoring a lot of, you know... They're not used to being relied on to score. And if they it's play mostly... fast, you got to, you know, we're just going to have to slow them down. I mean, yeah. Uh, we haven't had a ton of success on slowing teams down um, other than being on offense. You know what I'm saying? It's just um, we've gotten killed in transition by a number of teams this year. So, Well, those are the, st- I mean, those are the things. We've talked about it all year. Yeah. Um, by, the, by the numbers, I mean, I feel like we shouldn't have a problem being able to out-rebound this team. And hopefully uh, we can get some fouls on some of these smaller guards, uh, get to the free throw line like we always talk about. And because of the way that they play, as long as we can stay, uh, come out on the three-point line and not allow them to just rain threes down on us and we don't just have bad turnovers, which can force to, uh, you know, like you said, transition points, fast break points, then I think we'll be okay. But Yeah, keep it close. Pretty mold, yeah. You know, you know it's going to be close. Come on. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, Wednesday nine ten, whatever the hell that yeah. means. <laughs> yeah. Nine ten. You know, uh, a little fun, little fun tidbit. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, last time we played Arizona State was actually in the uh, NCAA tournament two thousand nine. Really? We only played them. We've only yep. played them once, right? I don't know if what the all-time is. I just know that that's the last time that we played them. You know, I remember watching the game. It was 2009. We, it was the second round. Um, I looked up a little bit of it today um, just to kind of have a couple stats and a couple, you know. Um, but I think it said Eric Devendorf scored 21. Andy Routon scored 17. We we beat them to, to go on to the Sweet 16. And they had uh, James Harden on their team. James Harden was uh, with Arizona State. We held him to ten points. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. I read. I read about that. Uh, yes, last night. That's right. Yep, I, rem- I remember that. So, and I still to this day watch James Harden in the NBA and do not understand how he played so bad against us. And unless the two-three zone just messed him up that bad, or he didn't have teammates, I don't know. But I remember watching him like he's not an NBA player, and then he got drafted, and I was like, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this guy is. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just a little little tidbit about uh, Syracuse, Arizona State uh, history. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it. We will get back here. There's a day if they win. There's a day in between, and uh, we'll just have to see. We'll have to play that one. 
Um, yeah. As if they comes. win, I found it out. It's Friday night, 940. Okay, Friday night, 940, if they win. Uh, if against they, TCU. If they lose, obviously, we'll, we'll try to get back here as soon as possible. Uh, let's hope for a win, though. And, um, yes, sir. And we can let two by before, uh, before we have to come back and, and they get the little break in between. So, all right, for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. You just heard the Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.